know it's got to be cause I'm seasoned Haters give me them salty looks Larry's 50 told me go ahead switch the style up And if they hate them let them hate them watch the money pile up Presented by Four Roses. Hey, what's good, man? How you doing? This is Real Talk. I am Ben Tompkins. We are presented by Four Roses Bourbon. And welcome to Uber Stories Part 15, the best of the best. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm excited. I hope you're excited. We're going to fly around here. I got seven of the best stories from the last five months. And, dude, these are all-timers. These are some all-timers right here. Definitely not safe for work. But then again, nothing good ever is, all right? This first one is called Metro Stationed, named famously after the world-renowned movie theater off of Poplar Level Road. I bet you'll be as astonished as I was when I learned about the, well, you'll see. You'll see. You'll see. Just hang on. (laughs) But buckle up, baby. We are dialing it up to 100 straight out of the gate. Get ready, all right? Metro Station barely edges out the next story for the most jaw-dropping shit that I've ever seen or heard driving for Uber, all right? It's called Convict Confessions. You know, this is the one where I had the guy riding in my front seat who had open bullet wounds in his leg where he'd just been shot, telling me that he had just gotten out of prison for eight armed robberies all up and down Dixie Highway. That is, like, holy shit, right? Um... That one is Convict Confessions, and we'll follow that one up with Revenge of the Merchant, a scene so vivid, you're going to think that I'm reading this shit off of a script from a movie. But no, but no, true story about the greatest prank ever pulled on school bullies. After the merchant gets his revenge, one of my personal favorite stories, titled 3% Commission, I call this woman my hero, okay? She's 64 years old and had just gotten off work late. It was like 11 p.m. She sits down and she starts unleashing the most savage torrent of the realest talk out of anybody that's been in my car. A literal queen and walking embodiment of one of my favorite personal slogans. Nice for what? Nice for what? Nice for what? Now, I get a lot of couples that ride with me, so I'm bound to eventually pick one up in the middle of a fight, right? Yeah, you got to think, probably, you do enough of this, eventually, you're going to get a ride that's not so pleasant, right? Yeah, baby. The first and only ride that this has happened, knock on wood, right? First fight in the car. Nothing physical, all right? It wasn't that bad, okay? But... I picked up this couple and their baby from a grocery store, and in those 15 to 20 minutes on the way to their spot, shit hit the fan. And towards the end, I hit them with the real talk, like, hey, what are y'all finna do? What are we finna do, guys? And his response was great. It was great. All right. Final two stories. The closest call that I've ever had as a driver, I about got smoked, okay? But it was all just a simple misunderstanding. Now, I'm out here risking life and limb for my riders, man. I swear to God. That one is called Don't Shoot. And finally, we saved the best for last new workout plan. 
I always like to end with a story or a conversation that's positive, encouraging, or uplifting in nature in some way. And a lot of these stories that made the best of the best, like these are five or six of the most juiciest, savage, outrageous, holy fuck stories. But not every single ride is like that. And not every story that I tell on the podcast are like that. Those ones pay the bills, okay? Because it's like the uh, like the car wreck in traffic. Everybody rubbernecks to, you know, everybody has to look. When you get the ones that are this juicy, this savage, this this raw, it's like the fly on the wall thing, right? Everybody wants to know and be, you know, get the scoop, okay, anonymously. And I think that's that's what is great about this podcast is it's just voyeurism, right? It's all anonymous, and you can come and go, and you can live these experiences as, as I retell these stories, um, and uh, it's good shit, man. But not all of them are like that, you know? Some of them are really deep and, like, powerful, spiritual, and this is one of those. Like, this is one of those. Savage ones pay the bills. Stories like these, new workout plan, feed my soul. And I get a lot of stories like new workout plan, and they make me feel really good to know that I have helped somebody. And when me and my rider pulled up to the gym and it was closed, I told her, listen, keep that same energy. I want you to go home and give me 10 rounds of five push-ups, 10 sit-ups, and 15 squats, and I want you to time yourself, and I want you to actually do it, okay, but time yourself, and send me a screenshot of your time so I know that you did it, and that accountability will keep you on track, you know, you'll go home and actually do the workout, and what she sent me later in the day was a million times better than any screenshot I could have ever possibly hoped to get, you'll have to hear it for yourselves, feedback like this is why I do this shit, I love the stories, I love the savageness, but honestly, helping people out and giving people real talk, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here for. So we'll call that one free therapy. Join me on Wednesdays, my friends, for new Uber Stories episodes. And from time to time, I'll drop a bonus interview on Friday. But Wednesdays, that's when we're going to get the five best Uber Stories from the previous week. Uh, You can follow along in a handful of ways on Facebook at Real Talk W Benny T. Like the show page. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at BennyTomp18. And please do me a huge favor by subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show on Apple Podcasts. I love when I see that stuff. It helps me out and it is awesome to receive. So thank you to everybody that has done that. If you haven't done that, shame on you. No, I'm just kidding. But please go ahead. Help your boy out. You know, people helping people. People helping people. It's it, it's beautiful. It's beautiful, okay? All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is story time. We're going to fly around from story to story using this super cool new transition sound I got. I hope you like it. But this is Uber Stories Part 15, the best of the best. We'll call this guy Danny. Again, reminder, all stories, anonymous. We're not here to out anybody. We're just here to tell some great fucking stories. I picked up Danny from Metro Station off of Poplar Level Road. If you know, you know. And I had no idea what this was. So when I pull up, and he has this devious fucking look on his face, I don't think anything of it. I just think, okay, here's a, how you doing? You know what I mean? Like, okay. So he gets in, and the ride starts like it normally does. You know, you having a good day? Yeah, what about you? Yeah, yeah. What are you getting into today? Oh, I'm trying to get into some trouble. (laughs) He does this really weird fucking laugh. What about you? 
I said, I'm trying to stay out of trouble, all right? He goes, <laughs> he does this weird laugh again, okay? And he goes, well, I, I don't want to get in trouble for riding in your car, so... <laughs> and I laugh, you know, and he says, get banned for saying anything. I said, no, never, never, never. And this guy says, well, the thing about it is, I just like sucking dick. <laughs> now, this is about the time where the people that I've told this story to already go, uh-uh, I'm kicking that guy out of my car. Like, Now, me, you listen, you know me. If you know me, you know this about me. I'm a really non-judgmental person. I am comfortable in just about any situation. Just about any situation. I have not really found many situations in life, and trust me, I have put myself in <laughs> circumstances that no sane person probably ever should, but I really don't get too uncomfortable, and I certainly wasn't uncomfortable here, but this is where most people do get uncomfortable, but I'm not most people, so instead of saying, get the fuck out of my car, or I don't want to talk to this person anymore, or being, you know, judgmental about the fact that some dude just told me he loves to suck dick, this is where I kick it into that fifth gear. I take it to a place where not many people take it to, you know? All for the story, right? So my mind instantly goes to how many, uh, what's the most you've ever sucked? <laughs> okay. He says, about four just now. I go, what is that place? He says, uh, it's a movie theater. People like to get off and do things I said four at one time or four in a row and he goes mm, two guys around me at the same time and then two others at other times I said well that's cool man I mean if that's your thing I mean, fuck you know if dick sucking dick's your thing fuck suck all the dick of the world you know what I mean he goes mm-hmm you got a big dick and I'm like do I and he goes yeah I said yeah <laughs> You know, I'm, hey, real talk, all right, yeah. He says, do you want to get it sucked? <laughs> I said, uh, I'm okay. He goes, all right, I was just asking. I said, I know, I know, I appreciate it. I'm all right. I, I didn't even know they had places like that around here. Like still, you know, I thought that was like a outdated thing. He goes, oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, they got glory holes too. If you know what that is. <laughs> in there or around town, I say. In there. Now, are you married or single or what's your deal? Oh, I'm married. Does your partner know that you go there? No. And this is, you know, listen, I made an assumption here. And maybe I shouldn't have, but I felt that it was a pretty safe assumption. You know, a guy just tells me that he sucked four dicks. I'm going to think that he's gay, right? Which is fine, right? Great. But that's just my assumption, right? Pretty reasonable. So I say, he doesn't take care of that for you? And his response almost floors me. He goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm married to a woman. And I have a straight roommate. They don't know. Neither of them do. <laughs> I go, oh, shit. So he says, so it's just like, yeah, she's working right now, and I'm just going back home, 
you know? I'm like, nice, man, nice. He goes, yeah, they they don't know that I like to suck dick. Problem is, I just really love the taste to come, so that's about it. But anyway, I'm like, hey, man, you want to be a big gay slut? Go for it. Good for you, you know? Like, live and let live. What do I care, you know? Like, what do I care? I am pro-promiscuity. If a girl wants to act up, God bless her. And if this dude wants to suck every dick under the sun, God bless him too, all right? Somebody's going to be saying, God bless this man. Ain't going to be me, but to each their own. (laughs) That, that right there. It was like, seriously, probably a nine-minute ride. But in those nine minutes, that took it to zero to 100 faster than anybody that's ever gotten in the car besides my man that I picked up from the Super 8 that had fucking bullet holes in his leg that were dried scabs that were recent. That was crazy. And I've got that story for you right now. I pick up Jameis from the Super 8 by the airport on Preston Highway. Okay, I pull up and there's people sitting on the curb. There's people walking around the parking lot. It's dark outside. It's like a Friday night. I'm like, Jesus. And then I see this dude limping hard, okay? Like struggling to walk type shit. Dude opens the door, says, can I sit up front? I'm like, you know what? You can. I'll make an exception for you, okay? I figured the guy's already having a hard enough time getting to the car, so whatever. He can ride shotgun, okay? And before he sits down, he goes, can I bring this with me? And he's got a blunt and a cigarette in his hand. So I'm like, yeah, I don't care. You know, and, and I thought about this and somebody was like, you let them bring a blunt in your car. And I, I was like, well, you know, like I, I wouldn't make someone pour out their beer before getting in their car. Or if I pick up a group of girls and they all have white claws, like I'm not going to be like, OK, girls, you need to pour that out before you get in the vehicle. Like, no, I'd let them get in and I'd let them bring it. Like and so him having a blunt like that's no different to me. Like it's not mine. OK, and I can't I have no control over what people bring. I mean, I, I guess I guess I, I do have control, but only to a certain extent. Right. Plausible deniability. Officer, I didn't know. I, I really didn't know. OK. And, and I didn't care to know. OK, whatever. So uh, I'm like, yeah, yeah, come on, man, bring it. So he's like, I bet. And he starts getting in the car real carefully, you know, because he's obviously injured. Now, this dude is dressed in a red mask. He's got a red Louisville Cardinals hat on. He's wearing a red shirt, jean shorts, and he's got a red bandana tied around his leg, okay? And I'm wearing a blue Nike shirt. So as he's sitting down, like literally right after he's got done asking me these questions, I say, hey, I got to warn you, though, I'm a crip. And I pinch my shirt and pop my collar like you see. And he's like, oh, man, man, you goofy, man. You too funny. All right. And he closes the door. We start riding. So I asked him, I said, what happened to you, man? Why are you limping around? I got shot. You got shot? Yeah, right here. My girl's ex. Bitch, he a hoe. He won't fight me. All right. He come over here and what's fucked up. Like now we broke up. But when I got shot, we were together. You know what I'm saying? He come over on some real aggressive shit. I'm in the back. I hear banging on the door. So I'm like, what you been fucking with this hitter? Because who just pops up like that? You know what I'm saying? This is this is her ex. They were together for 10 years. So he want to fight me, bro. I was going to whoop him. I ain't have no strap. So he hit me right there. You see it? And he moves the bandana down to his ankle. And he says, he hit me right there. It went in right there. It came out right there. And sure enough, there is two scabs in his leg, each probably the size of a nickel. 
okay? And it, they look not fresh, like, bleeding, but, like, if you picked it off, it, they would have bled. Like, it, it was, like, I don't know if you got proper medical attention for it, okay? I said, oh, shit. And he goes, yeah. It wasn't a hollow tip, but it was a solo tip. And I was like, oh, okay, so it didn't spread. And he's like, nah, that would have fucked me up. I remember he hit me, but I ain't fall. I'm just in a stage of shock, man. My girl just done blooped on me. But while I'm holding this, I'm hopping. And then I fell because I fractured my fibula. And that made me fall, but I kept getting up, telling myself, get up, get up. But then when I start holding my leg again, I just remember seeing like it was a faucet coming out like this. And he points to his scabs. So yeah, I was leaking, bruh. And he continues, my girl's a nurse, so she tied my shit up, tried putting two towels over it and put pressure on it. And while she had it tied, I soaked through two towels, man. They had a standoff. They had a standoff on St. Louis and 23rd, 23rd and St. Louis Ave this month. Look it up on Facebook. I was the victim. They stood over me, though, because I finally fell. And my girl, she basically saved me, bruh. And then, like, I'm just now hearing from people since I've been out. And I said, so you went to jail because of it? And he said, nah, I ended up going to jail because of some stuff I didn't do. You know what I'm saying? I went to jail for, like, I've been trying so hard and emotions toward this blunt. Like, I ain't even trying to smoke, man. But just, like, my situation, I don't really have nowhere to go. So some, sometimes I see myself at the hotel, you know what I'm saying? Like, tomorrow I start school. I'm trying to do something different. All right, two quick side notes here. One, I did look it up. He was not lying. August 7th. Happened in the Park Hill neighborhood on the 2300 block of St. Louis Avenue. Victim went to the U of L hospital with non-life-threatening injuries, and the suspect was barricaded in a house for a while, but no arrests were made. Uh, he said he didn't snitch on the guy, so I gotta believe that this this is this is him. All right. And um, the other thing is what he was talking about him starting school. For six weeks, he's gonna be in this program where they're in class Monday to Friday from 10 to 1. And then he said he was doing his trade in construction. So they get you a job and they put you up in a hotel so that you can concentrate and focus. Actually, pretty awesome. Um, I, I don't want to give away the name of this program. Uh, it's here in Louisville, but I don't want to give away the name just because I don't want to be able to give away any identifying factors, okay? Um, especially because, <laughs> look, we're talking about, you know, crimes that were committed that have gone unsolved. And, like, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, man. Uh, figure it out yourself, okay? Uh, but the website, uh, 512 job placements, 370 students served through six youth programs, $720,000 in earned scholarships. They focus on jobs, um, and a number of different sectors. So, um, helping people out. And that's really awesome. Okay. So, uh, he's just been admitted to this work program. He's about to start classes, but he's got a blunt in his hand, and, and he continues, and he says, but I'm on parole, so this could get me locked up, you feel me? And I said, do they drug test you? And he said, I, I got to see the parole officer this week, man, and I'm so nervous. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that makes me, because I told him, like, I told him everything I'm doing, and he was like, but the first step is coming in here, blah, 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 and, and I'm used to coming out here just robbing shit, but I'm not doing that. You know, I might be smoking weed. Might have the Black Lives Matter on my face mask, but I wasn't down there breaking in pharmacies when they was on bullshit protesting. Like, I wasn't part of none of that. I could be doing all type of shit, but I'm not. But POs, they make you nervous, man. And I said, because look, I'm listening to him say all this stuff, and I'm like, because where has it gotten you to this point, man? Seriously. He said, nowhere at. I mean, nowhere. You know, I'm not wanted for armed robbery. I was wanted. You can look me up, too. And again, 
couple key details here changed because I don't want to give up this dude's identity, okay? Um, but he says, 2000 is something high-speed chase on a... And he gives a street, okay? Uh, he says the street name. And he's like, man, look me up, man, look me up. Like, it's going to show them saying I was trying to rob and I got eight robberies. You know, I got eight robbery charges, but I never had a weapon, though. You know, basically... They said I was armed, which I wasn't, but I was acting like it. So if I indicated and make you believe it, like that's what it is. But I'm trying to do shit better. Okay, another side note. I did find the video that he's talking about. Like in researching for this, I did find that video, okay? Local news station did a package on it, and they arrested him at the time for, just like he said, a string of robberies, armed robberies, him and this other dude. Um, the last place they stuck up was a restaurant over on the south end, west end of Louisville. And it ended in a car chase, and he was evading the police and ended up going to jail for that. Uh, they literally have a restaurant worker on this video being interviewed, and they say, yeah, this guy came in and said if I didn't give him all the money we had in 30 seconds, he was going to start shooting people. Um, so this is my guy. He was sitting in the front seat riding shotgun with me, okay? Uh, and again, all details change to respect anonymity. So as he's talking about this, he says that last line, but I'm trying to do shit better. And I said, have you hit rock bottom yet? Nah, nah, well, nah, like, because I feel like my rock bottom, you know, when I'm really fucked up, like right now I'm just so positive, you know, just thanking God for the opportunity I got. Like, that's how I know, man, my parole officer is going to spare me because I, I, I'm going to tell her, like, I, I'm dirty, man, like. I ain't trying to justify everything, but everything I've been going through, like, I'm dirty, man. But I'm not out here robbing shit. But this is what I got going on for myself, you know? So I'm in a better mood. But a couple weeks ago when all this is going on, my rock bottom, I'd probably be in the river, man. And I said, jump, like off the bridge, like jump. And he said, probably not even that. Like, I'm probably just going to smoke myself. I ain't got guns. You know, I ain't supposed to have them because I, I can't tell my parole officer that you know, if I get caught with them, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I, officer, I ain't shoot nobody, but at the same time, like, I just got shot. This man is still out. I ain't heard from the officials on this case. And I said, oh, how's, how's he still walking? And he's like, exactly. And I was like, no, how is he? Like, how is this guy still walking if he shot you? He's like, oh, no, man. And, and my girl made a full statement, said his full name and everything. Don't know where he lives at, but but they got the full name, and I don't see nothing on the news. I've been leaving messages. I don't even play with the police. Usually, it's just keep it in the streets, which is which. That's why I would get a gun, you know, not to be out here harming anybody. But I can't tell my parole officer that because guess where I'm gonna go? Right back to prison. But they don't understand the streets, man. This man's still walking. He wanted to finish me off. I've been finding out since I've been out. My ex be like, man, you lucky the cops come because. Some more guys pulled up with a gun, and they was getting ready to finish me off. And I asked him, how long did you go in? And he said, I only did 10 days. You know, I just got out the 25th for something I didn't do, you know, because of her. And this is the 27th when he's telling me this. So literally like two days after he, he just got out, okay? And uh, I, I told him, man, listen, you got to get these scumbags out of your life, man. Like I was literally having this conversation this morning with the dude at my gym, birds of a feather flock together. If you run around with losers, you are going to end up a loser. He's like, right, right. And I said, it's necessary to get these losers out of your life if you want to live your dreams, man. If you're trying to live better, make these changes. He's like, right, right. I'm like, fuck, man, you're just trying to live to tomorrow. 
He's like, not get incarcerated. I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, look, you got different problems. You got different problems than a lot of other people. But, you know, you got to get as best as you can. You got to keep yourself out of those situations. And you got to put distance between you and those people. You know, and I think this is this is a part where, like, um, this is really hard for people to understand. Because, you know, people just want to judge criminal as criminal. But, but what you don't understand is, like, when somebody does get out of prison and then they go back to what they know, they don't have the resources, they don't have money, they don't have like um, access to good jobs. They're a felon, or they they're you know they've been to prison, so now they're trying to get a job that is limited in scope because that's going to keep them from getting a job when somebody runs a background check. And what happens? You end up sliding back, even if you're trying so so fucking hard to make changes you end up sliding back and reverting back to your old life because you know it's not like he has this this guy or or any you know person in kind of in his shoes similar situation it's not like they have the means to just pick up and say well you know what i'm just going to move away from all this i'm going to move to tennessee or i'm going to move to florida i'm going to move to california like you know, it's tough, man. You got to go and you got to stay with the people that are going to let you crash on the couch. And then you're going to have people that are in your life that are trying to get you to do the same shit that they've always gotten you to do. And that can be really tough not to kind of slide back into that. So I and I and I understand that. And I and I respect that. You know, I respect this guy trying to make a change. You know, again, I <laughs> listen, man, I'm, I'm very non-judgmental. You know, this guy's telling me all the stuff that, that he's done. And I'm sitting there talking to him like he's you know he's a because he's a regular ass dude you know and at no point did I ever start to fear like man is you know could he possibly stick me up no because I'm gonna stick him in the face if he tries anything you feel me I'm gonna put his head through the fucking window if he tries some shit but that it, it that never like it never got to that point where I was starting to f- be fearful because I'm like man I'm just talking to this guy and we're just we're chilling and and yeah my guard's up like as it always is with anybody that gets in the car but it's just, you know, it's just a fucking Friday night, you know? <laughs> like, to me, it's like, whatever, all right? So I'm like, yeah, man, you listen, you got different problems, man. And he's like, man, like, this shit's so depressing, bro. Like, the whole atmosphere of jail is just horrible. I did eight and a half flat from 19 years old to 27. Like, I'm used to it, but that's abnormal living, bro. Smelling men fart all day. When you go piss, the urine stink. It's chow time. You get up. You hungry. So you like, yeah, it's chow time. But the food sucks. You can't step on anyone's toes. You can't sleep nowhere. People sleeping by the toilets, man. That's fucking horrible. And I said, what did you do eight years for? He goes, oh, man, that was, um, and I was on crack cocaine, man, at a young age. And it fucked my world up. I didn't start like that. You know, I started from basically this one guy named Tim, man. Fake name. Okay. But you know, like he was cool, black guy. We were the same age. You know, we were 16. So, you know, we smoking weed every day. And, and one day I'm with him and I hit the blunt and we kicking it. You know, I shouldn't have to worry about something being in it, right? So I hit it and all of a sudden, man, my face went numb. So I said, what the fuck you got in here, bro? Like I knew immediately it smelled like weed, but I knew he had laced it with something. So he's like, oh, cocaine. I said, what you mean cocaine? Like crack? Powder? I just pushed him. You know, but ever since then, I'm hooked. You know, I'm smoking that shit, bro. It started like that, but now, you know, we smoking together. I start getting older, start developing an, an addictive personality, stealing, and then stealing led to robbing businesses. And I said, just to fuel that drug addiction? And he said, yeah, man, yeah. Like, I had eight robbery ones, man, eight robbery ones. 
you know, but I didn't have a gun, but I was young. I was 19, you know, I, I didn't know no law. So I just knew, like, I did this shit, so I copped at the time. I took 1085. I did eight and a half flat. I didn't get out till I was 27 years old. And then right after that, after doing eight and a half years, I stayed out five months, just did five, just did five more years and got out. Met a girl, this shit happens, get locked up. I done caught a couple citations, got tased by police, got run off the road by this dude. This, and he points to his bullet wound, broke up with her, but I'm still here, you know? So I'm 33 years old and I'm not at the end of my road yet. I was like, man, this is, this is raw as fuck. Like this is, you know, but I, but I, you know, I, I, I empathize with that guy, you know? Um, just on a human to human level. And, and, and I know a lot of people, you know, you're listening right now and you're probably like, fuck that man. Like, fuck that guy. He's a convicted felon robbing people, you know, threatening to shoot people like piece of shit. Um, yeah, that, that, that might all be true. You know, I, I don't, I don't think that. Um, but you know, look, I, (laughs) Uh, it's tough, man. It's tough. Luckily, I don't have to judge. You know, I don't. I don't have to judge, and uh, that's not what I'm here for. And and like this guy was saying, um, you know, he said, I prayed on it, man. I already prayed on all this stuff. Like I'm, 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 I'm in this program. I got some kind of stable housing, I think, and I'm trying to make changes to my life. I'm trying to do better. I'm trying to live better. I'm trying to live to see forty, man, because I'm not trying to live like the way I was living. I already prayed for it, and he's the judge of them all. So my PO man, and he points back to the blunt. My PO, you know, she might be tripping, but I know, I, I know she, you know, it's gonna work out, you know. And if I have to go before the judge again, I'm gonna just tell the judge, like, here's what I got going on, you know. And I already prayed on it. He's the judge of them all. And he points up to the sky. So that was a pretty fucking wild ride. Um, that was a pretty wild ride. And I dropped him off, and he went on his way. And uh, to my man, look, I, I wish you nothing but the best. And I, I, you know, the only thing that I can do is just encourage you from afar, um, and say that I, I hope you do all the things that you're planning on doing, you know, I, and I, and I hope that you see it through and I hope that you don't slide back into those bullshit ways. Okay. Let's be real. Don't be a fucking idiot. Okay. And, and stay true to yourself, stay true to your word and the rest will come, man. The rest will come. Now, this next one, we're going to call him the merchant. All right. The merchant, he gets in, and somehow we start talking about the trouble that we used to get into as kids. We start swapping some stories. He said he'd been kicked out of a couple schools, four to be exact, three high schools, plus an alternative school. He's about my age. I'm 28. He looks to be about, you know, less than 31, 32 years old, right? He said he used to sell weed, alcohol, lighters, fireworks, whatever young teenage boys could get their hands on, right? He had it for sale. Thus, earning him the nickname, The Merchant. Everywhere he went. He was proud of it. He was bragging about it. One of his schools tossed him out because they thought that he had a bomb in his backpack. (laughs) But it turns out it was just a couple mortars and a six-pack of Bud Light. Nonetheless, he was out. So I shared this one with him, and I'll share it with you now. Um, When I was in eighth grade, they used to have something called Gatorade Ice. You guys remember that? It was clear. It was actually fucking fire. Not ice punch. They sell that now. This was like its own line of products. I know they had watermelon. They had lime. I was looking on Google to see if I could find any of them. But really, that watermelon one, that hit. That was hitting back in the day, all right? 
I can't remember the other ones, but I vividly remember watermelon ice. And I'll never forget, I had, uh, I've always been, I love Four Roses bourbon, but I have always been a vodka drinker. That's what I came up on, cut my teeth on. It's still, if I'm turning up and we're, we're going hard, it's vodka Red Bulls till I die, baby. All right. But, um, in eighth grade, you know, I got some shitty vodka or whatever, and I decide that there's some kid that says he'll buy it from me. And so I say, okay, well, I'll bring it to school and you can give me, you know, 10 bucks for this water bottle of Gatorade and we'll call it a fair day. So he's like, okay, so I think this is a fucking genius idea and to which the merchant agreed with me, which was kind of nice. But I take one of these watermelon ice Gatorade bottles and I drink the Gatorade, but then I fill the rest of it, you know, I fill it with vodka. And I bring it to school in my backpack. And we used to, if you got dropped off to school early, you know, if your parents dropped you off to school and you got there before a certain time, kids weren't allowed to roam the hallways. So everybody had to go to the cafeteria and kind of hang out until like, I don't, I don't even know what time school started in middle school, 8 a.m. at 7.30 when you could kind of like go and everybody could start to go to their lockers and to the classrooms and all that kind of shit. Well. We're all sitting in the cafeteria, me at this table, and I've, I, can't, I, I can't remember who else was there. I can't even remember the kid that I was selling it to. That's how long ago this was, okay? But I remember a few people kind of huddling around and looking in my backpack because they were like, oh my God, alcohol, oh my God, vodka. Like, and it kind of created this little scene, right, to one of the monitors who was standing up by the front of the cafeteria that saw seven or eight boys all huddled around going, okay, everybody else is sitting down, and there's something going on at this table. And they're all looking in this backpack. What's in there? What is that? What's Ben got in there? Uh-oh. So she comes over, and she's like, Ben, what's in the backpack? And I'm like, well, do I tell her? Or she goes, is it porn? do you have a pornographic magazine in your backpack? Is there Playboy in there? <laughs> and I don't say anything. I, I'm just, I'm not going to incriminate myself. I learned from seventh grade social studies about your refusal to incriminate yourself and assert your fifth amendment. <laughs> so that's what I'm like, I'm not going to say anything if she really wants to look in my backpack. Now, I should have told her that also I don't consent to searches, but since I'm on school grounds and I'm 13 years old, what the fuck am I going to do, right? She looks in the backpack and she pulls out this bottle. Like she's looking in there for what she thought was going to be a Playboy magazine, right? Oh, boys will be boys. Well, <laughs> she's looking through all this stuff and then suddenly she looks at this Gatorade bottle and she's wondering probably why it's filled to the brim. You know, probably looked a little sus. So she picks it up and when she opened it and smelled it, the face that she made at 8 a.m. in the morning, let's just call it 8 a.m., in the middle of a middle school cafeteria, not expecting to get the strongest whiff of some kind of an Everclear-like substance, burning her nostrils. I will never forget how quickly her head recoiled from that Gatorade ice bottle. And it wasn't long before I was 
escorted to the principal's office and suspended for school from three days. And basically, it was the best three days of my life because at the time, my mom had this nice-ass Porsche 911 Carrera drop top, and she basically drove me around for three days while we I had nothing to do. I mean, what, what do you have to do when you're in eighth grade? You can't do anything, right? So I obviously couldn't watch TV. I was grounded, right? Air quotes. Um, but I pretty much got to go out to eat to lunch and got driven around in a convertible for three days. It was fucking awesome, okay? And so uh, I'm telling this guy this story. And he's like, damn, dude, that's that's pretty good, man. That's that's a pretty good one, all right? Uh, but I think I got you beat, he says. I'm like, oh, shit, all right, all right. And you know what? To his credit, he was not lying. He was not lying. This had me rolling, and it kind of reminded me of that scene in Stand By Me where Lardass gets his revenge on those people during the pie-eating contest. Remember that? And he's just kind of sitting back watching the chaos unfold that he had created, And he's got this very pleased look, like he's very pleased with himself. Remember that? This was kind of like that, but way more savage. He says he wasn't a bully in school. He might have gotten a lot of fights, but it wasn't because he was picking on people. Quite the opposite, actually. Many times, the merchant said, he would get in fights defending the kids getting picked on because, as he put it, they were indefensible and he would come to their rescue. That's pretty noble, all right? The people's fucking champ over here. I can get with that, all right? He said gym class was where a lot of this kind of shit always went down. He wasn't an athlete by any means. Him and the kids that he kicked it with used to sit in a circle at one end of the basketball court. They were the group that kids had to go around when they were playing basketball. You know what I mean? You you remember those kids, right? And we laughed because the way that he described it was sitting in a smoking circle without the smoke, being being so young that, you know, you weren't smoking, right? Um, but he says one day, these kids that were kind of like the bullies, right, the athletes, the, the cool kids, whatever the fuck, they're acting tough, they're thinking they're hot shit. So the merchant decides to make a bet with these kids. You guys think you're tough? Let's see how tough you really are. So he proposes that in order to see who the biggest bitch in the class is, They put Icy Hot on their balls, and whoever screams the loudest is the biggest bitch in school. Last one standing wins. There wasn't even a prize or anything really to win, just the sheer perception of peak masculinity and proving that you're not a bitch, which, as a 15- and 16-year-old boy, means the absolute world. So they all go in the locker room, probably eight, nine dudes. And they proceed to slather Icy Hot all over their balls. And what transpired, the merchant said, was a scene straight out of a fucking movie. Everyone was fine for about the first 15 seconds. Oh, this isn't bad. Another 15 seconds go by. And then the tingle started. And he said the looks on these kids' faces went from, this is no big deal, to grave concern dire circumstances real fast wait a minute what's going on fuck this kind of burns the first kid to scream didn't even last a minute pretty soon all of these boys are jumping from side to side holding their danglers running around the locker room red in the face screaming sweating he said one kid fucking puked it was so intense they run over to the sinks and they're trying to throw cupfuls of water on their balls just to get it off And he's sitting back the entire time laughing his ass off. As I am at this point, 
imagining this scene play out in my head. So I ask, what about you? Did you scream? Like, how bad did that burn? That's the thing, he says. These kids were suckers. They just accepted the bet without even thinking about it. But me? Right before class had started, I had stuffed my pants with paper towels. So when they're passing the icy hot around, I took a glob of it like I was going to do it, just like everybody else. I put it down my pants, but there was no way I was putting that down there. I wiped it all off on the paper towels and acted the entire time. Played these kids like a fucking fiddle, he says. And now I'm laughing even harder because the thought of someone faking everyone else out and watching them freak out and sitting there going, oh, guys, it really hurts. Oh, it really burns. <laughs> like While all these other kids are doubled over, writhing in pain and rinsing their balls off in sinks. Kids fucking puking. Okay. <laughs> it's like a scene out of the, it's like the Epicac scene from fucking Family Guy. That's something straight out of a movie, dude. And it's he kept on saying, revenge of the nerds, okay? But as these kids ran around screaming and crying, unbeknownst to them, him and the kids that he kicked it with, they couldn't contain their fits of laughter. How did it end, I ask? Well, those kids still hated us and called us names and picked on us, but they never got physical with us again after that. The boys all got detentions because when questioned, nobody snitched. And they all had to tell their parents what they had done, but no one singled out the merchant as the mastermind because they had no idea what he had done. They were all shook. They all thought that he had put it on just like them. And they probably still do. So he skated because it technically was all of their decision collectively and he didn't force anyone to do it. They willingly took the bet and made it a contest. They just didn't know it was rigged. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? Bravo. Bravo, my friend. I mean, that is like two fucking claps. Ebert and Roper over here. Holy shit. All right. This next one's pretty awesome. Okay. This next one is pretty awesome. You want to talk about savage? This lady is a fucking savage. Okay. Older woman gets in. Let's just call her my hero, okay? Let's just call her my hero. She tells me that she just had a hip replacement and that she's uh, ignoring it. And then she says, oh, shit, I, I forgot something. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Nope, I got it, I got it. I'm like, you good? Like, she just sat down and, and we hadn't even started driving yet. And and uh, I'm like, you good? You need to go back in the house? She's like, no, 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 never mind. Yep, I sold the house tonight, so I had to make sure that I had my computer. I'm like, hey, congratulations. She said, thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy about that. And I asked her, has it been tough to sell houses? And she said, yeah, because there's no inventory. Why is that? Because no one is putting their house on the market. Duh. I mean, you know, hey, makes sense. Okay. But she said, it's, it's like anybody's business. You know, it's just, it's just off right now. And I said, uh, how long have you been doing residential sales? 12 years. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, it is. It is. It's hard though. You know, everybody's like, oh, I'd love to be in real estate. I'd love to go look at houses all day. I'm like, do you realize that's 5% of this business? You have no idea how hard this business is. And I said, what's the other 95%? She said, negotiations, psychological evaluations. I said, for potential buyers? She said, oh my God trying to get to the bottom of their psychological issues 
it's it's hard. It's so hard because people are just so not normal. I I I don't I don't even know what to say. I mean, it it's just so. And she's kind of trailing off, and and I said, so okay, so unpack that, like the psychological thing. What do you mean? And she said, well, people have their own opinions and views of what a sale will be, and um, what they think it's going to look like, what they think they're going to pay, and what they think this looks like does not always match reality. So a lot of people feel like if you sell a house, you only pay five hundred dollars. That's completely wrong, because when you hire a realtor, okay, you're hiring a psychologist. You're hiring somebody who you have to completely trust with your financial information, your psychological information, with everything, so they can act on your best behalf. So today, for example, I put something on the market. I got an offer tonight because I worked my ass off tonight, and I got $10,000 over asking price because I worked my ass off tonight. And I said, let's go. She said, yeah, yeah. Exactly. But that's it. You have to just out-psychological and outsmart some people. So I get $10,000 over asking price on a property that probably shouldn't have been $10,000 over, but because I did that, I saved my clients a bunch of money. And then you know what they did? They complained about how much they have to pay in realtor's fees. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. This is where it gets good. She said, she's just going off at this point. She goes, you know, nobody appreciates you until they know what you've sacrificed. She said, hey, I used to make things as seamless as possible and never worry clients with anything I was doing behind the scenes. And then when it came time to pay me my fee, they'd question how hard I worked. You mean it wasn't just giving me a sale date and a time to show up? I'm like, you have no idea. And then they're like, well, tell me what happened. And when I tell them, they go, oh my God, why didn't you tell me that? I said, because it's my job to make this as seamless for you as possible. But I don't do that anymore. Now, I tell them every wart, every hideous element so that they appreciate me. And what she's talking about is, 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 is like, it's true. Like, that's very relatable. And I told her the same thing that I'm saying now is, you know, it, it, it sucks that you have to do that. But I can remember speaking with a former colleague at one of my previous sales jobs. And I was telling them about the things that I was having to do, you know, that, that were kind of like outside of my job. Things that people in the company had asked me to do or things that people had told me were my responsibility that I was doing and had been doing and that, that, that they, just, they just lied. Like they just straight up fucking lied and they were like, oh, that's, yeah, like the, the RSMs do that um, just so they didn't have to do it, you know? Like that, that's literally just people taking advantage of the naive young, young person. I'm like, great. Um, and, and when I finally realized that, and I was having this conversation with one of my colleagues, they're like, oh, oh, you should tell your boss that you're doing these things. Like, you're not telling him that you're doing all that stuff? And me, like, I'm like, no. Like, what what difference does it make if the job gets done? I'm, I'm just the kind of guy, like, I'm just gonna do it. And they said, oh, no, oh, no. You need to tell him. Because then, it seems like you're going above and beyond. Which is so stupid. Because, like, the thing that should matter most are the results and the quality of your work. No, 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 no. 
You have to let everyone know how busy you are. That's how business works. Huh. Well, okay. Well, hey, I don't want to work in this type of sales anymore. I don't want to be in this company anymore. And she said, you know, and that's really the part I hate. Like, I'm pretty straight up. I don't like all that bullshit. I don't like all that. Here, let me tell you how wonderful I am. I'm not that person. But you know what? I've given all that up. You know why? Nobody appreciates you until they know what you've sacrificed. And I cannot stand that. So tonight, you know what I did? I told them all the things I had to go through and they, and they know that I had a hip replacement. And they're like, oh my God, how did you do that? Well, guess what? I pounded in two for sale signs tonight with a hip replacement two weeks ago. How do you think that felt? It hurt like fucking hell. Let me just say that. So that's what I said. It hurt like fucking hell. Thank you so much for asking. Now you're really going to appreciate that 3% commission that I got. But I don't, I, I don't like to play those games. I really don't, you know? And I'm laughing like in the background when she said that because it's always like a barrier of who's going to cuss first or do I feel like I can get away with using like, uh, you know, kind of like a uh, foul language, right, with a writer. But if they say it first, that opens up the floodgates. So then it's like, okay, this is cool, like, right? And, uh, you know, I said... You know, I, I feel like I sound cynical, but that's just like a part of it. Like that's just part of business sometimes. Like you got to play the game and, and, and life really. I mean, you got to play the game and sometimes it is just schmoozing and bullshit. And, and this is where she really starts to go off. She goes, she goes, <laughs> she goes, it's bullshit. It's bull fucking shit. I'm sick and tired of it. I'm sick and tired of all these people. Oh my God. Buh, 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 buh. I'm like, shut the fuck up. You know, you people just slay me. Just shut up. <laughs> and then she goes, okay, I'm 65. I say fuck all the time. I said, I do too. Good. Okay. And she goes, in fact, I said fuck tonight in front of a client's six year old daughter. And I'm like, you know what? She's just going to have to get over that. And I said, hey, might as well teach that girl young. She goes, you know what? The word is fuck. The word is fuck. Learn to say it. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And that's where I am. <laughs> okay. That lady is my hero. Okay. She's a queen. The whole time I'm like, go off, queen. Stunt on these motherfuckers. All right. Uh, she deserves a very stiff drink of four roses to kick her feet up and have a nice mellow little moment. I love it. I love that kind of shit. So this is a first, all right? This is the first time that somebody got into a fight in my car. And you guys think that I'm joking around when I say that I offer free counseling sessions to people who want them? I'm not playing out here, all right? I'm like Lucy from the Peanuts, man. When the world gives me Charlie Browns, I do my best to drop them off feeling better than when I picked them up. But the way that these two were fighting, I don't even know if a legitimate professional could get this thing back on the rails. My God, all right? I pull up at this Walmart, and I don't see anybody that looks like they're waiting, standing right outside. You know, usually when I pull up to places, I can tell the person who I'm looking for because they're looking at their phone, and they're usually watching the car drive up on the app. I do that when I'm waiting on my Uber. I'm like, how far are they? How far are they? So usually I can kind of tell, okay, this person is probably my person, um, but I don't see anybody standing out there. So I pull just past the door a little bit up to the sidewalk, 
and I park in this little line shoulder area at Walmart. I put my blinkers on, I text the person on the app to let them know that I just pulled up, and then I wait. I'm chilling. After about a minute, I see a chick come out of the store, baby on her hip, and she's pushing two fat-ass grocery carts. She sees me sitting there, I pop the trunk, and she starts loading these groceries in, baby on her hip, bag at a time. And it's taking her a while because she's doing it one-handed, right? And she's balancing this little boy on her hip. So maybe four or five minutes have gone past at this point. And then in my rearview mirror, I see that she's kind of stopped. And I'm like, what is she doing? So I turn the music down a little bit. And then I realize that she's on the phone. But this isn't like a, hey, mom, can I call you back? Or, hey, so-and-so, let me hit you when I get home. No, no, no. She's yelling. Whoever she's talking to, They've fucked up bad. I knew it, and so did everybody else that was walking into the grocery section of this Walmart and past this spectacle beginning to unfold. She's screaming, literally screaming, How could you leave, bruh? Why did you leave me here without these bags and a baby? Fuck you mean, where did you go, bruh? I'm outside, I'm trying to leave, the Uberman is here. I texted you when we were standing at the register. I told you to come help me. Fuck is you talking about? We're in the middle of a Walmart. How are you just gonna walk off on us? At this point, the baby's crying, and the ride's been running for like 10 minutes, but we haven't even moved an inch. And then out walks this dude who starts putting the last few bags in the trunk, and I hear him saying shit to her like, I'm just going through some shit, bro. Cool out. Finally, they get in the car. They leave both the grocery carts right there on the sidewalk, like kind of in the road, clearly in the way for people walking up. I'm like, what's up, y'all? And we start riding. She's sitting behind me with the baby in her lap, and he's sitting behind the passenger seat. First couple minutes go by, silence. No one's talking. And then he starts in. And he says something like, stop while you stop while you ahead. Like, please, you're going to get there. And it's going to be two more. Just wait. Stop and think. She says, I said what I had to say. And then she puts on some kind of a kid song to keep the baby distracted. So now I'm, I'm listening to Kanye in the speakers. This fucking song like, The cow ate the corn and smiled at the sheep Down on the haystack fast asleep. like Something like that. I, okay. And this lullaby is going on behind me. I got these two people that are just getting warmed up in the back seat, Ollie Frazier. And this guy goes, I was trying to text you and just tell you that I got back into my own negative situation and it's hard, but you didn't even give me that opportunity. But 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 because you're so sick of me, when we get her, make sure you take them groceries up and I'm out. And she goes, why would I have to? You don't give a fuck about me if you leave me with these groceries and half that other shit in there is yours. You a fucked up individual. I don't give a fuck because I'm done. I'm done with you. But it's nothing, so mama does it regardless. So if you do leave them groceries, guess what? Them motherfuckers will still get up the stairs like they always do. Facts. (laughs) Five minutes go by, probably in silence. And then he starts mumbling again. And he says, what did I do? Just just tell me. Like, what did I do? She says, you being, last night, you, you did the same thing. Walked off. Just being dramatic, bro. Like, nobody feel no type of way except you. 
I could tell. I was reading that girl's body language. She understood exactly what I'm saying. She bags groceries. She understands people want that stuff organized. That's her job. He says, I ain't even trying to keep arguing. I tried explaining you the situation, but 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 you wasn't trying to hear it. And she says, that don't mean it's an excuse to treat me fucked up. And he's like, I know, but I, I feel like I did good because I didn't even do half the shit I would have done. You feel me? And, and that's love. I feel like it's there. She goes, you feel like you can do whatever you want to do, and I'm just supposed to kiss your ass because you going through some shit. You left me with the groceries in the cart with the baby. I ain't reaching out to you for shit. He says, is that the first time putting groceries in the cart by yourself? And she kind of pauses. And she says, yes. When I have a man there, yes. Yes, it is. You came on this grocery trip to tell me you're sorry. And then he says something like, so how are you going to forget about, and, and said something, I can't remember what he said, but he, he was basically like, how are you going to forget about this? And she didn't say anything. He's like, yeah, that's what I thought. I'm sick of this shit with you. So at this point, I'm just spitballing here. But I'm thinking that the baby isn't his. It's hers. They were dating. They had gotten in a fight recently. And then they decided that they would go on this grocery trip so they could talk it all out, right? And the way that this was going, I'm thinking he's probably hitting her up asking if he could tag along. Like, hey, I'll meet you there. We'll go get some groceries. Bring the baby. It'll be cool. I'd say this was a relationship that had been going on for like probably somewhere between three to six months because they were obviously still crashing into each other's boundaries and that there was still a lot of things unsaid and unknown. And it felt like they were still holding back to each other. At least he was in not being open and expressing to her what was going on that was making him feel some type of way and instead just acting like a child and storming off in the middle of Walmart. And when she said like, yeah, when I got a man there, yes, this is the first time that I've ever loaded up groceries by myself because usually the man is helping me. That kind of tipped me off like he's not the baby daddy. He's probably just some dude trying to holler at a single mother, step in like some cape crusader and then do whatever he wants because he feels like he's doing this grand gesture, this noble cause by taking care for her and, and somebody else's kid. And I'm driving down the street listening to this shit thinking, hey, look, Go back and watch Jerry Maguire, my man, and listen to Rod Tidwell when he says, a real man would not shoplift the pootie from a single mother. That is real talk, all right? Probably another three or four minutes have gone by now, and he's continued saying things that I really can't make out, but basically he's just back there pleading his case. You know what I mean? Like, he, And he's not doing a very good job of it, but he's, he's, he's pleading his case, and she is paying attention to the baby, looking at the baby, who's still listening to these awful lullabies by the way and she is just ignoring him basically she's saying I don't feel like arguing leave me alone but he's persistent he continues to go for it she goes I'm not doing anything wrong you keep trying to put something wrong on me but I haven't done shit wrong I went to the store and I got my groceries you didn't help me where is my wrong he tries to say something, but she cuts him off and says, I'm done talking about it. I'm done talking about it. And she probably says it 10 more times as he, as he, every time he goes to speak, uh, I'm done talking about it, you know, but he's still going for it. So then she just starts talking to the baby on her lap every time he says something to her, but he doesn't care. He, he still just keeps talking out loud. She's ignoring him. 
she's playing this game with the kid going, oh, he says ribbit, and then she says ribbit, and she's like working on him with words. He says monkey, she says monkey, but this dude isn't about to just sit in silence. So he leans up to me, and he's like, man, I'm sorry, man, it's complicated, but we do this shit all the time, for real. We do this shit all the time. And keep in mind, the entire time that they've been in the car, I have not said a word. Only, hey, what's up, when they got in. And that was 20 minutes ago. They've been in here talking shit, and I've just been vibing out the music. I say, hey, man, I'm not tripping. And he says, you can't win from losing with females. And so I I say, well, you all will either figure it out or you won't, you know? He says, it's the won't part that's urgent because you feel me? Like, I mean, I don't know. Hopefully, shit. I says, well, it, it sounds like both of you have needs that aren't being met. And if you guys aren't willing to meet each other halfway and work on those, then you got nothing. That's real shit. Yup, yup, he says. I say, so it really just comes down to deciding if this relationship is worth saving and, and really putting work into the things that you both know that you need to work on or moving on, you know? So he turns to her from his leaned up position and says to her, you think this is worth saving, baby? She doesn't say anything. He asks her again. You think this is worth saving, baby? Again, no response from her. So just to keep him from asking her again and and kind of creating a, a now even more awkward situation, I say, and it might not be a decision that you need to make tonight, you know? You guys might just need to go home, cool off a little bit, come back to this and see what's up. And he goes, shoosh. She don't even realize how good she'd be having it, man. And upon hearing those words, she weighs in, but it wasn't a response that he was hoping to hear. Just drop my key too, man. Just drop my key. If you don't help me with these groceries, drop my fucking key, bruh. He says, damn, see? But you heard that, though. She's like, I don't care. But you heard that, though. I'm not trying to argue. But you didn't hear me ask about our relationship. I'm not trying to argue, bruh. Try to, I just asked you if the relationship was worth saving. And she goes, I don't have to answer that in front of somebody. That's going to be a personal question. And on top of that, I'm not having no conversation right now. He goes, everything's about you. Everything's about you, isn't it? She said, boy, stop. Just drop my key if you don't help me with these groceries, bro. Because that's fucked up. That's what I'm sick of. That shit with you. You the same person that... I want to love you when I'm mad. But yeah, leave me with a whole fucking trunk of groceries, bruh. As soon as she does the voice, he goes, girl, shut up, bro. I'm about to get him. <laughs> so now we're pulling up at this address. And I'm like, hey, guy, which one? And she's like, right here is fine. He opens his door first. And already his tone is louder than what it was in the car. Like, this is escalating now that they're out of the car, as if them, her yelling, like, now his voice is getting raised because he's getting out. And he's like, so it's true what they say about... And then he, he kind of trails off because he's out of the car now, talking away from the car, so I can't really hear what he says after that. But she's about to get out, and she says, hold on, cuh. And she's getting the baby ready to get out of the car. She gets her keys ready. And then here he comes back saying... But when I ask you something, you'd be on the phone. Uh, you ain't got nothing to say. She opens up her door, and, and I say to her, good luck, guys. She says, thank you. She shuts the door, and then I turn the music down because now they're screaming, okay? And she's going, 
I'm not arguing with you. I'm not arguing with you. You getting mad. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get the groceries up and you can go. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to get the groceries up and then I'm going to go. Go put the baby up. Look, look, look. Go put the baby up. And she's screaming, didn't you ask me? Didn't you ask me? Didn't you ask me to do something different? So now that I'm not arguing with you, you don't like that either. I'm going to go rapid fire now. He goes, man, look, you didn't answer if this relationship was worth saving. That's a whole ass stranger. He's trying to help us. He's a whole ass stranger. Whatever. Damn. He a whole ass stranger. Bro, who cares? That's a good ass question. Just open up and it won't give a fuck. Damn. She's going, I do. I give a fuck. I do. He goes, why don't you meet me halfway? He just drove us home 30 minutes. How the fuck is he a stranger? She's like, drop the key hitter. Bye. 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 And then for about another five minutes, they continued arguing all the way up and down the stairs as they marched past each other with the groceries. Every time they're both outside at the same time, it started up again, the screaming. And I can't make out a lot of what they're saying once they're in the house, you know, but they keep on coming back down to get more groceries. And at the top of her lungs, I, I can't hear a lot, a lot of what she's saying, but at the top of her lungs, I hear, you've been like this all motherfucking day. I ain't did shit to you. He yells, what the fuck ever, bro? And she goes, I've been walking on eggshells dealing with your fucking ass all day. They get the last bags out of the car. They shut the lid. He was still yelling and emotionally wildly gesticulating with his hands. Even as I'm backing up and start to drive away, I can hear her screaming, then go, go, go. I don't give a fuck. Go. <laughs> I left them there standing on the sidewalk to their apartments and just drove away thinking, damn, that was a fight. <laughs> that is a fight right there. Arguing in the street for the entire hood to hear it. And then I'm like, girl, how are you going to say I'm a whole ass stranger, but then you're going to stand in front of a Walmart interest and in front of your whole ass apartment complex and not act like it's the same thing? Hmm. Hmm. Oh, okay. I see how it is. Right, right, right. Fuck me, right? Now, I really hope that for everyone's sake involved, her, him, the baby, that he just left and things didn't continue to escalate because the thought of it, escalating from there and going up from from where I left it if it was at a 10 I, I don't know how it could have possibly gotten any worse uh, just verbally certainly physically it's not a very pleasant thing to think about and I hope for their sake that they do go their separate ways because everything that they were going through there not necessarily the hallmarks of a healthy relationship and I just laughed driving away thinking about my own parents and the fights that they used to get into. And I tell you what, man, they really sucked to be around when I was younger, but that conditioned me from such a young age to never get rattled in those situations. I'll lose my shit if it takes me too long to find my phone in the couch or if I can't seem to spell a word close enough to autocorrect, guarantee, really trips me up a lot. I know it's embarrassing, but it's like the one word that I, I, I can never spell just first, uh, you know, first attempt. And if I can't get something close enough to autocorrect, it bugs the shit out of me. But I'm, I am weirdly calm when people are yelling and losing their shit and shit's getting smashed 
because it's just what I've grown up to know and get used to, which probably doesn't really sound very healthy to you, me feeling so comfortable in those types of situations and normalizing that, but to me, it's a blessing. It's like a superpower. High-stress situations, tense conversations, arguments, people shouting. Some people get super anxious or upset amidst that kind of stuff, but that shit never bothers me. I guess it comes with the territory when you grow up with two parents who are yellers and screamers. Okay, this next one we'll call Don't Shoot, all right? Now, a lot of these stories have been stories that have happened to other people, things that have occurred in other people's lives and stories that they tell me. Great. But then there's some times when I have things happen to me, me personally, right? The people fighting in the back of the car, that's a good example. This is also a good example. This was something that happened to me without even a rider in the car, okay? And it could have possibly been the worst thing that's ever happened, you know? But luckily, it didn't. But I got to tell you about this, okay? I was down somewhere off of Taylor Boulevard. And I pull up to this multiplex. It's a multiplex-looking building, you know, where it looked like four families or four kind of houses in this long shotgun-style house. And there were four doors, and there were some steps to units upstairs, four-home unit, okay? And sometimes when I pull up, you know, I'll I'll typically be looking for somebody that's holding a phone because a lot of people are watching, like, like <laughs> anytime I take an Uber, you know, when I'm like r- as a rider, I always have the app pulled up and I'm watching for where the Uber driver is. So I'm like right there, you know, I, I in, and it can be a really quick thing. Well, uh, a lot of times that does happen. I do get that, you know, where you've got somebody, they've got their phone out and either they're watching me pull up on the map or they're looking for the license plate and then they walk around, they check the license plate, make sure it's, you know, it's, it's me because it says Hyundai Equus, but good luck figuring out what the Hyundai Equus logo is if you don't know that it's a different logo. I mean, it's a completely different, it's not even the Hyundai logo. So it, it's, it, it looks like the, uh, it looks like Elenium's logo, if you know who Elenium is, DJ's. Um, it's got like Phoenix wings. I don't know. It's weird. But anyways, uh, most people are, are like, is, is this it? I don't know. So they're looking for the license plate and they get in and then off we go. But uh, that's like one one set of people. Another set of people, I pull up and they aren't outside yet, you know, whether it's a business or their home or their apartment or whatever, they're in the store. And then I'm kind of looking around and if I don't see anybody that's like on their phone or I don't see anybody that's like walking towards the car after about, you know, like a minute of sitting there, then I'll text the person through the app and be like, hey, just pulled up. You know, some sometimes people are scrambling to get out the door and they're not really looking at their phone. And so, yeah, two different types of people, I, I suppose. Um, well, this happens to be one of the times that I thought the person who is standing outside looking at their phone was my rider, but apparently it wasn't, okay? And I am somewhere down off of Taylor Boulevard, as I said. I pull up, okay, and there is a guy who's standing in front of this building, okay? So uh, he's standing out in front of it, and he's smoking a cigarette, and he's reading stuff on his phone. He's like probably scrolling Facebook or whatever. And he has his phone held up kind of right in front of his face. And then he, he's got a cigarette like and he's holding it like pretty close to his face, right? Um, looks kind of uncomfortable to stand there like that. But, you know, that's what he's doing. He's looking at his phone and he's smoking a cigarette and he's kind of holding both up right near his face. Well, when I pull up and I park right in front of this house, 
I'm looking at him because I'm wondering, is this my rider, right? And he's looking at me, and he's probably wondering, you know, who is this person that's just pulled up on me, right? So I'm looking at him, and he's looking at me, and I, I, but he doesn't walk towards the car, so I don't think that this is my guy. So then I look around, you know, I'm kind of like checking the mirrors. I, I, I look to the left and the right, and I see if anybody else is approaching the car, you know, where's my rider, right? Nobody else is walking up towards the car. It's just this guy out here, but he's not walking towards the car. He's just kind of looking at me very suspiciously, very sus. And I say, all right, well, I, okay, well. So I go to text this person, my rider, through the app. I pull it up, and I say, hey, just pulled up. You know, ready whenever you are. So almost instantly, he texts me right back and says, cool, I'm about to come out. I'm like, bet, bet. So about a minute has gone by, probably about a minute, right? And when I look up, the dude that I initially thought was my guy, who's holding his phone and a cigarette, literally has not moved, has not moved a muscle. Man, there is smoke billowing off of the cigarette. He hasn't hit it. I'm sure that filter is just like getting close. And he's holding his phone in the exact same spot that he was holding it when I pulled up on him. And his head is down as if he is still reading his phone, but his eyes are up. Like I see the whites of his eyes beaming directly at me like he's seeing what I'm about to do, right? So I'm like, okay, you know what? I I better break this tension. So I roll down my window and I'm like, hey man, I'm just waiting on my rider. I'm an Uber driver. And he finally breathes. Like you can see him exhale. And the look on his face goes from what the fuck is about to happen to me right now to, oh shit. Yeah, I didn't know what you was finna do, man. I was about to run up in the house and grab my gun. I'm like, nah, man, no, no, no. I'm an Uber driver. You know, I'm just waiting on my guy. Be good, all right? He goes, all right, you too, you too. And like all the tension just left. Like he must have been holding his breath because I swear to God, when he said, oh, shit, like his body just like sunk, like relaxed. You know what I mean? He must have been so tense. And I could just see it radiating off of him. So then like a couple seconds go by and all of a sudden I see this dude emerge from one of the doors up top and now he's walking down the stairs and I see the dude with the cigarette say something to who I presume to be my rider who's now coming out of the house and he says something to this guy smoking the cigarette and he's walking towards the car. This is my guy. Cool. They say something as, as he walks past and they both kind of chuckle and he hops in the car and I'm like, what's good? You know, and I, I told him like, yo, I think I might have scared your neighbor a little bit. You know that guy? And he was like, oh, man, nah, you know, I, don't, I don't really know that guy. You know, I don't, I don't know dude too well. I see him you know, say what's up every once in a while. But, you know, when I was coming down the steps, he said, uh, your Uber driver about got smoked. <laughs> oh, my God. So that was uh, that was that one was uh, that was that was that was one of those moments where you're just like please don't shoot. Like I'm just an Uber driver. Right. Like, but I, I, you know, to this guy, to this guy who's, who's, you know, standing in front of his house, um, my car is black. The windows are tinted. And not only that in the back, I have curtains that go up over the, over the, you know, passenger windows back there. So you really can't see shit. You can't see anything when you're looking into this thing. You could barely see, you know, me sitting in the front with the tent, but like not curtains, you know what I mean? But like this guy 
was probably thinking this is this is it man you lived a good life like he probably was literally watching his life flash before his eyes <laughs> And, and I didn't like I didn't you know I, I didn't do anything like I didn't mean to scare this guy or anything I just pulled up you know waiting on my person to come out but he was thinking probably that he was about to get shot up and he was like yeah I'm about to go grab my gun you know Uber driver back I smoked you know what I mean but that was uh that was a really good one that was a, oh my god that was hilarious that was a funny one that was a great day <laughs> Now, thankfully, that did not happen, okay? It, he did not run in the house and go grab his gun and start blasting. But that probably would have been my worst day on the job. Like, that probably would have been the worst thing that's ever happened to me driving. But you know what's the best thing that's ever happened to me while driving? This happened to me on Derby Day. Uh, Derby Day, Uber Stories Part 8, if you want to hear the full uh, episode, because that was that was a ride from start to finish. That was a great day. But... Um, one of those stories in particular really stood out to me because this was like, this is a writer who had sent me something and it really it really reminded me of A, the impact that we have on people, but B, just like I'm planting seeds. Like I'm planting seeds and I don't even realizing, I'm not even realizing that these things are growing, you know, and the things that I talk about with some of these people, some of these conversations, like... Uh, my hope is that they manifest themselves in this person's life, and if it if it gets to that deep level where you know we're sharing and I'm giving advice and or I'm giving encouragement and and I hope that those words stand out to them and I hope that um you know they're able to think about that later on and and draw from that right give them some juice baby that's what I'm here for uh, and this was one of those. This was like the first time that anybody had ever sent me a video like this. So I'll go ahead and get into the story, okay? Basically, I was picking this girl up, and I was taking her to the gym. I was taking her to the YMCA. And it's Derby Day, which, if you'll remember, happened in September. And Derby Day, things were shut down. Businesses were closing early on Derby Day. But since it's such a weird, you know, Derby's usually the first Saturday in May, not September. And if you didn't know, and if you're not really into horse racing, that, oh, today's Derby Day in middle of September or whenever it was, then you're probably not going to realize that things are closing early. So I picked this girl, and I, and I certainly didn't know either. Like, I wouldn't have thought that gyms would be closed on Derby Day in September. You know what I mean? It's just, anyways, I picked this girl up, and uh, we'll call her Shay, and she's telling me about you know, I'm headed to the gym, going to get a workout in, really excited. I've kind of slacked off here in the last few weeks and I'm, this is like my day to get back in the gym and I'm really excited about it. And I'm like, that's cool. You know, that's really cool. It was a pretty short ride. She, she lived pretty close to the YMCA location I was taking her to. Um, but she just didn't want to walk. It was hot. It's muggy, you know? So about a five minute ride, we pull up to the YMCA and as we're driving into the parking lot, it is empty. There is not even a single car in the parking lot. And she's like, is it closed? And I'm like, oh no, oh no. Like, I hope, I hope not. You know, we pull up, she runs up to the door and usually there are automatic doors that slide open. Well, they definitely don't open and she I guess looked at this piece of paper that was taped up to the doors she turns around and she's like yeah it's closed it's closed and I was like okay well cool like 
do you know how to change addresses so you know we, I can just take you home? You know, that sucks. I'm really sorry about that. But um, I can give you a ride home, you know, right now and we're, we'll just, you know, go. And she's like, yeah, 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 yeah. So she changes the address and updates it to her house. So basically, I took her to the YMCA and then right back, okay? And she was deflated. Like, I could really sense her energy just kind of escaping her as, as she was, you know, it, 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 I, I've been there, certainly. Um, maybe you can relate to this, too. You know, sometimes if you have been on vacation or maybe you've just been out of the gym for a few weeks, you know, kind of hit a slump, depression, whatever, uh, then it takes a little bit of time to be able to like build up that courage to get back in the gym if you don't look like uh, Zac Efron or Arnold Schwarzenegger, right? Uh, one week might not be the difference, but if you're already feeling kind of body insecure and you haven't been in the gym for a week or two and maybe your diet's been shit and all these different things, that first time that you get back into the gym, if one little thing happens and your anxiety is already high and your guard is already up, that that might be the thing that deters you from getting back in there tomorrow and the next day and the next day. You know what I mean? So I'm like, dude, I do not want this girl who literally just got to this point of I'm going to go, I'm going to work out, and I'm going to get this one under my belt. I do not want that to leave her. I don't want that to escape her. So I say, all right, Shay. Here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a workout. You're going to go home. You're going to do it. You're going to keep that same energy, okay? You were already ready to work out. I just want you to do this workout when you get home, and I want you to send me a picture of like your time so I know that you did it, right? I'm going to hold you accountable, Shay, but you got to do it. You got to do it. She was like, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, all right, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm like, all right, but you better do it. She's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm like, all right. I want you for 10 rounds, five push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 15 squats, and I want you to do it 10 times, and I want you to time it and send it to me, okay? Here's my card. I give her a card with my number and, and you know, the social media stuff, and I'm like, I, 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 need, I need to know that you did this, right? I need you to keep that same energy because you were, you like, don't let it escape, all right? So she goes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. So that's like my second ride of the day. I was just getting started. This is derby day, right? And this is about, uh, hmm, I don't know, 5 p.m. probably, 5, 6 p.m. Around, around kind of an early dinner time, supper for you Southern folk, right? Later on in the day, as I'm driving, as I'm having more riders, as I'm having more conversations, getting more stories, I get a text from a random number that's not in my phone. But I don't look at it because I'm driving people. You know, I'm looking at the app. I'm looking at the at, at, at Waze, my, my map app, right? And I'm just cruising. Well, later on, when I finish the night and I finish driving, I pull up my text messages to see who was this random number that texted me. Well, it was from Shay. And it was this video that I'm going to play for you right now. Hey Ben, I just want to say thank you for helping me getting motivated on working out even though the gym was closed. I knew that if you didn't say anything, I would probably just be laying around my house right now, not doing anything, but I did everything and <laughs> it was a workout. I had to take a whole 30 minutes just to cool down from everything. But thank you so much. Just want you to get this video recording to you for your um, podcast. 
which is super cool, by the way. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Thank you. <laughs> that right there, man. That right there is like why I do this. Aside from the great stories that I get and the juicy gossip, you know, Gemini's like me. We love our gossip, baby. The fact that I help somebody that later on in the day when I'm running around, I'm, I'm driving around the city and, and I've forgotten about this, this conversation in passing. And I said, hey, you know, and I really, but that really stuck out to her. And, and she went home and she did it. And I wasn't expecting a video, you know. I told her, text me the time, you know. Like, I want to see that you did it, right? What she sent me, that video was so much better than a screenshot of a fucking stopwatch. That makes me want to get, I mean, I get emotional thinking about that and, and listening to that because you can hear it in her voice. She, she, was, she was just, she was grateful and she was a great rider and it was a great connection. And I, not every ride is like that, you know, not every ride is like that. Uh, but I do get, a, I, I do get a lot. I, I mean, I, I really do get a lot <laughs> to, to the point where I've had a couple people call me and I, I, I it's it seriously made me start to consider should I become a life coach like should I honestly start charging money for these services outside of uber while you get me and book me on uber that's that's free you know I give it free to anybody that that rides with me um but when when I'm like taking phone calls at literally I had somebody call me at 5:45 in the morning and I picked up and I fucking answered, okay? And that that was like, I was like, should I, maybe I should start like a, you know, little, little, another little side hustle, you know? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to go down that road. I, I really, I really want to focus on this and, and, and have this take off. Um, but man, that was, that was like one of the best things, the best thing that's ever happened to me driving. Um, just because uh, I'm not able to see or follow up with these people that I have these really deep conversations with and feel like I really connect with. Um, and unless they leave a review on the app, on Uber or on the podcast, you know, I get some people that listen to or like ride with me and then they listen to the podcast and then they leave a review on there. That's awesome. Please continue to do that. If you haven't done it, do it. If you get me as an Uber driver, leave me a review. I read them. I, I love that kind of stuff because it's really like, it's the truest form of validation that I can possibly get is when somebody can can be like, yeah, that was great. That was exactly what I needed to hear. I had one girl tell me once, um, you know, we had this really deep conversation and she was about to move from um, like Kentucky to New York and she was scared to make this leap. And I just gave her the encouragement that she needed, you know, because I'm like, I'm 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 about to drop this girl off and she's leaving for this big trip tomorrow and like what if I'm the last person that she you know she sees like what if I'm one of the only people that she sees before she leaves you know what I mean like so she needs to hear this from somebody so I just stepped up and she was like you know it's crazy like I feel like all day God has been putting people in my path that are telling me exactly the things that I need to hear like those kind of moments when I can share that with somebody, that is that is why I do this. That is, I fucking get off on that, dude. Like, that is amazing. That's beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. And I love sharing those moments with people. And so when Shay sends me this video, it's like, it, 
it, it just hurts me, right? It, it hits me right in the heart, man. It hits me right in the feels because I'm like, yes, like, like, yes, that's my girl. Like, I got you, you know, and, and she did it, right? Like, I can give all the encouragement and the hope and, and like the positive juice in the world, but then ultimately it's up to people. It's up to people to make these changes or do these things or, or whatever, you know, and when people actually follow through with that, I mean, follow through is everything. Follow through is everything, you know? So that was, that's probably, that's, that's, I got to say, man, that is the best of the best. That is the best of the best. And that is where I leave you. Uber Stories Part 15, the best of the best. I'm really interested to see which one of these a year from now make the best of the best when we do this a year from now and have gotten a, a whole other year of stories Hopefully by that time, you know, I, I would love like here's kind of what I'm thinking is I would love to do this for six months, drive, not do any podcasts for six months, but just drive, 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 get a bunch of stories and then spend the next six months dropping an episode like, um, you know, an episode per week and do a season and do different seasons and then focus for those six months on just putting out the podcast just promoting it on social media, growing it. And while I'm doing that, I'm driving. I'm, I'm driving and then I, I have, you know, kind of like the next six months will be just driving and then the next six months there's a new season. And seasons can be done. I can take this and go to any city in the world. I mean, really, realistically, the United States. But, I, I mean, I, I could do this anywhere. I could do this anywhere. So that's kind of like where I'm thinking um, I'd love to get Mercedes or, or you know, a, a really nice ass car dealership, not car car dealership, but car manufacturer to sponsor, um, give me a car basically and pay for my gas and eliminate those costs and um, sell this show. I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying to sell this show to somebody. Um, uh, you know, one of the podcast networks, The Ringer or Vice or one of those places. Eventually, maybe even uh, get a camera in there. You know, people love the comedians and coffee getting cars and or comedians and cars getting coffee and that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I, I've got some ideas and uh, I'm reaching for them all. I'm reaching for them all, just like I encourage each and every one of you to do as well. If you got a dream, you got to protect it and you got to say, fuck a hater. I don't give a shit because we don't care what people say okay and people are gonna try to drag me down and and they have and they have uh and that's that's a bummer but fuck them you know fuck them <laughs> um but different seasons in different places and uh a year from now you know a year from now, I don't know where I'll be, but I know that I'll have a, a lot of great stories and when I do the best of the best a year from now I'm you know I <laughs> How am I going to top some of these? I don't know. You know, I, I, I go into every week thinking, how am I going to top last week? And then, boom, you know, it's just the randomness of it. And, and that's, I guess, what draws me to this so much, too, is that I can drive for eight hours at a time and not feel like it's I'm doing the same thing because, um, you know, the, the I, I might be physically doing the same thing, driving, right? But the people getting in and the things that we're talking about, they're all different. They're all new. It's all happening. Um and that's really, really cool. And and that's that's what keeps me hooked into this, right? I'm severe ADHD. So my my mind is going a million different places at once um, at any given moment in the day. Um, but this is something that that because of it because it is so like ADHD, right? You're driving around new places, new people, new conversations, new that 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 
totally keeps me engaged and locked in. And my whip game's on a thousand, bro. Like, I'm a better driver than you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm becoming quite the professional, I must say. So, uh, I'm just having fun with it, man. And I really hope you enjoyed this. I hope you enjoy listening to these week in, week out. You know, we do these on Wednesdays. Um, at first, I was doing some sports, and then I figured, and I thought to myself, you know what? The whole reason that I started doing this was because no one else was doing this. I don't want to go back on that. So Wednesdays, we got Uber stories, you know, the best five from the from the week previously. And then uh, on Fridays, sometimes we'll have guests on the show. Um, I'm just booking guests myself, and sometimes people got to switch things around. Sometimes, let's be honest, I don't always do the best job of making sure that I got a guest each week. And it just, you know, it, we go with the flow. So Friday episodes, if they are interviews, we tackle some deeper, longer-form topics, Um and those Friday episodes should be seen as bonus episodes. We might not have one every single week. I'm not going to trip about it. When we do have a week with two episodes and Uber stories on Wednesdays and an interview on Friday, great. Then we overachieved. Um, and I think that uh, a lot of people can uh, certainly enjoy or benefit from or be entertained by uh, the people that I bring on this show and that give me their real talk. So good shit. Uh I will be back next week, next Wednesday, Uber Stories Part 16. We'll get back to uh, regular, random Uber Stories. We'll see what the next week has in store for us. I already got a good, I already got two good ones for uh, for next week that I'm saving. Um, so uh, I'm excited. I hope you are too. If you enjoy this, please, please, please subscribe. Uh, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, we're on Spotify podcast as well. We're on, we're on SoundCloud, uh, follow along at Benny Tomp 18, Twitter and Instagram. And on Facebook, we are at real talk W Benny T. That's where I post all of the, uh, episodes and, and different stuff there. You can interact with the show, share it on Facebook. I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all I got, man. That's all I got. I will see you guys next week. I am Ben Tompkins. That is real talk.